What's good, everybody? This is the Daily Shot of Inspiration. I'm Joe Longo. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It's Sunday, so that means we are diving into a conversation with another inspiring person. Today, I'm so excited for this conversation because we're talking with my good friend, Kate Brenton. Kate is an educator, a speaker who helps women rediscover their purpose, meaning, and joy in their professional lives. Kate is a coach and a healer and an author. Today, we're going to be talking about Kate's new book, Rebirth. And this book is an inspiration. It is filled with inspiring stories of people doing what they love, people going for it, people succeeding. I highly recommend heading down to the show notes or heading to Kate's website, katebrenton.com. Pre-order the book. There's a link in my show notes that you can pre-order the book and dive into this book. It's going to inspire you. Allow this book to be an expander for you and your life and your brain to show you, to prove to you that if the people in this book are doing the things that they're doing, you can do what you want to do. Now, my friends, kick back and enjoy this beautiful conversation with Kate. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration, and this is a very special fall interview series. My good friend, and I am so excited to say this, my good friend and author, Kate Bratton. What's up, Kate? Author. Author, Kate. Oh, thank you, Joe. It's so good to be in your presence with that word. Thank uh, you. It is so good. So for everyone listening, you know, that has been tuning in to The Daily Shot, you're, you know, it's usually just two minutes of me, hopefully inspiring you. And I used to have this other podcast called, I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> Inspire was in there. In inspired it's Creativity. Great inspired creativity where I, I had fun interviewing people and now I, I want to start and the universe starts opening up doors and people start reaching out and like hey and isn't it interesting that I've connected to some authors that have some books coming out and what do you know one of my best friends has a book coming out so why not really just listen to the universe and be like all right you should you should do this. So here, here we are. So everyone, Kate Brenton, my friend from, I don't even know, 20 plus years. Oh Lord, that's true. Right. <laughs> um, before really all, all of the things uh, yeah. that, that we all went through and the moves and life changes and ups and downs. And now, and now here we are. And I remember, I think sitting on the, the Kingsley, Kingsley street, is that it? That's true. That's Kingsley true. street porch talking about you. Being, being a writer and, and writing and now here we are and I'm curious how does that how does it feel um that it that it's here and is there any this is interesting because I've been working with my some of my clients with the idea of regret and is there mm. a regret that it didn't happen and I know everything happens at the exact right timing but any regret that why didn't I do this sooner Okay, this is a great question. And I'm very glad to say that I don't have any regret, which is, I have plenty of regret in other areas, uh -huh. but that's a topic <laughs> you want to talk about on, on timing. But with the book, I actually don't. And um, it does feel like a big thing. I can actually feel the anxiousness that it's here because, um, let me talk a little bit about this. So one of the reasons there wasn't regret is that somebody reached out to me to be an author for their industry. And it was when I was a new mom. And so I was like, oh, this isn't good timing, but, but this is on this list of like what Kate will probably do before she 
is no longer Kate, right? So it's like, we don't say no to this. Like you said, you remember sitting on that porch? Well, that porch conversation was probably 10 years or more before the publisher had called. So Kate and writing has had this dance for, since I was really little, I've always had a journal. I've been a ferocious reader. And I think it was always like, oh, you know, you're going to write a book. And there's something that's comforting about, you know, someday, because it's not now, right? And then I signed this contract. And it was like, oh, uh, the book isn't coming. But uh, there's like a lawyer involved now. So someday is ticking. And it's a year from now. And that friction really uh, helped the book get birth. And then I can I can talk more about that. That's interesting. But fast forward to your specific point, there was, and I've helped other people write their books. I've helped people write. But when, when the energy of someday came into like, it's done, like it's a, it's like a thing. It, this weight lifted that was on like, that I, I'm interested in sharing with others. Like the someday, I didn't know the someday was a weight. I thought the someday was it's okay, it can happen later. But when it happened, I was like, oh, there will be no, it's regret. Like I won't regret, like I did it. Um, this is not gonna be something at the end of my life that I was, was like, oh no, I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. This is a great, it's a great opening question. Cause I can, I can physically feel that feeling when I was like, oh uh, it's gone but but in its place is something really light and and um, joyful mm -hmm. so part of the reason for asking that is i've been working with a, a coach and a neuroscientist on trying to learn all of the things right about the brain and how we manifest and and really how our brain works and mm -hmm. one of the things they talk about is being you know in a holding phase right like we do this work we know like oh i want this to happen but yeah. sometimes we have to go into this holding space until our actual physical being has expanded mm -hmm. enough to be mm -hmm. that which we want to be right so we may have had that idea i wanted to do this or this and then we'd look and we're like oh wow that was a lot of time but really in that time it was all of the growth that was happening to put us in the space to actually do what we want to do but yeah. sometimes in that that waiting space it, it becomes a little uncomfortable too wondering is it oh, yeah. is this ever going to happen Oh yeah. And then here's the other thing, because the book I wrote was not the book I thought I was going to write. Like when the publisher called, I was like, well, I can't really write like this is snobby. So if you're, if you're an aspiring author, any book you write is a fantastic book. But like, if you're really into books, you might have this idea of like some books are better than other books, you know? So I was like, yeah, I know there's a couple of books in me, but I can't write my book book right now. Like I don't have the brain space. She's like, no, 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 we don't. I'm like, oh, okay. So when I said that, I kind of created this space between myself and the book that this book didn't really matter. Mm. And that came to bite me in the middle when the book was like, okay, but everyone was like, if there's, this is not your, like, not that it's not my writing. It wasn't the fullness of my writing. And I had to realize I was holding the thing that was being gifted to me at a distance because it wasn't the thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, because of that contract, I couldn't run away from it. And then the idea of having something out that I wasn't proud of. So it was like all these forces of my own personality. And then 
this is interesting because the publisher had two early readers of like first draft, which in like really writing a book, a first draft does, is not close. It's done, but it's not close, you know? They were all like, uh, you're not in the book. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but this, these are these are other people's stories. And they're like, yeah, well, we're only going to read the stories because you're the one telling it and you're not in it. And that was when all of the suppressed emotion, which is an overused term, but physically that's what happened. Like the gates were like, oh, this book isn't going to come out until I do that and actually put myself in it. And then it was hilarious that I'm writing it and the title is Rebirth. And people probably thought I did that on purpose, but actually it was like um, holographic. I don't know the word, quantum. Like it, it was teaching me as, it, as I was getting pushed is basically what happened. And I think that process happens to us in any creation process. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful beautiful we do we do get rebirthed in in really everything that we're doing when we're doing like when we're in it when we're really doing doing the work um i kind of want to go back a little bit to that like bringing up and uncovering the things when you had to write about you where's like where's where's kate's story right and i, I read the intro in the first chapter and it's so beautiful um and I'm, I'm so proud to say I'm, I'm in the book too. Um. Are, I was I was gonna let you. I mean, you're kind of all over the whole experience, so this might be a podcast to talk about that. Which is really exciting, but it, it's like uncovering these blocks, the unconscious oh, blocks, yeah. right? That we don't know that we have until we start doing this kind of work. I mean, like, what, like, have I? Have I maybe been self sob self uh, self sabotaging myself unknowingly because of these unconscious beliefs that may have been imprinted on us so long ago? And then we start doing the work and it's like, oh right, now because I see where this limiting belief may have came from in my past, I can actually address it and start moving over it instead of continually doing X, Y, or Z that may be that limiting belief. Um, oh, yeah. I agree with that 100%. So Kate's book is called Rebirth, Real Life Stories About What Happens When You Let Go and Lead, or Let let Go and Let Life Lead. Hello. Right? Let's talk about letting go, <laughs> Kate. What, what, what made you let go and let life lead? Well, it happens, it happens several <laughs> times over, right? So I, well, the interesting thing about the subtitle was that it wasn't, this is answering your question, was it wasn't originally the subtitle of the book. And my publisher, I reached out to my publisher and I was like, hey, listen, like I probably should get my media message like a little bit more aligned and I'm, I'm not exquisite at that. And that's just true, right? We, the good thing about knowing yourself is like where it would be beneficial to get help, right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, let's schedule this hour with this with this gentleman. He was really great. And he was, obviously he hadn't read the book because that wasn't his job to. It was just like a brainstorm session. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying to me, so like, you're telling people how to redo their lives. And I was like, no. He's like, well, it's a five-step process. And I was like, no. He's like, well, then what is it? And that was interesting. There's been several points where life has pushed and the clarity of what this book actually is just keeps revealing itself. And I was like, no, it's about the belief that if we share our stories, like there's medicine in that. Meaning 
we're not getting told because the brain, if you talk about neurology, if I give you a five step process, then that's linear. And if that doesn't work, there's something wrong with me or whatever your default perception is. Right. But if I give you a story, you're like, Oh, well that reminds me of the time I was with my grandma. Now the story might've been about surfing, but you insert into that resonance that something takes you someplace else. Mm -hmm. Right. So what made me let go, I think was the, in putting myself in the story was getting the pushback. And I think it boils down to worth. Like it, you know, it's not hard to decode this was being too linear about the rules because I said I was sharing other people's stories and this pattern that I have that if I'm helping others or doing things for others, then that means I'm out of it. It doesn't make logical sense, but it is a pattern that the book revealed to me. And when I realized, which is also a pattern that this is actually happening, it's like the linear rules dissolved. And then all of a sudden, like I talk about it at the end, the book reveals that it's like a mosaic of my own rebirth. I didn't plot it that way, but that's the dance between like using your craft and being in intuition, right? So when the neurologist talks about being in, in the void or the holding pattern, it's like the two sides of you have to match up. If you want to say the left and the right or the linear and the non-linear, like I think the book actually ends up being like this doorway through all the work that I do. It's like, well, what do you mean she does lonely and she does writing? It's like, well, what do you mean she helps with stories and she helps with the body? Well, if you look at the book, that duplicity is, is one. And what's really coming up for me is like, I've been trying to hold them separate, but, and this is a word that I've taken back into my lexicon, but like God put them both in me. So they have to be able to reside simultaneously because they already do inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so it might not have existed previously in the neat marketing package, but it's existing inside of me. And I think that's what's happening now is like all of these people that have like efforted, right? Like I'm really good at efforting. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. It's like, now it's like, okay, you're good at, like, we get that. If you live long enough, there's these times, if you want to keep growing, you have to keep going into things that you're not good at. So if you're good at efforting, then you have to get be getting better at letting go, mm -hmm. right? And so normally what makes me let go is like, life just keeps pushing until I do it. I mean, that's really the answer. <laughs> right. And the... <laughs> And sometimes we need that, right? We need it. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, probably a lot of us are like, all right, I, I need it. I need it to be pushed to get there. And it, uh, a couple of days ago, weeks ago, I put a post out about my element and about how my Honda element, like how oh, like, yeah. I had to, I needed a car, right? Like I totaled my car, I needed a car. And someone that I was talking to was like, you know, I love the story, but the thing that got me was how does a manifestation coach not have the cash to get a new car when he needs a car? And oh I was, I was oh. like, that is a, such a great question. I'm like, but at that point when it happened with the car, I didn't even have enough courage in myself to say I was a manifestation coach, right? Like I was still at the beginning of this That's and I, I knew the tools, right? Which made me, allowed me to make the car happen, mm -hmm. but I still wasn't expanded enough, right? To embrace mm -hmm. all of it, right? To say, oh, I am a photographer and I am a manifestation coach. Like these are the things mm -hmm. I do. And I, I kind of get that 
there's like what you're saying, there's so much of us. And thank God, no matter how bad people think the world is, right? Thank God that we have the freedom to say, you know what? I, I have more than one talent and one skill that I want to share with the world that will also help the world. And I'm going to do that is it. Said beautifully. That is said so beautifully. And I think it's like discarding the idea that like, you know, we, we kind of rose up in that time where it's like, find your niche. You have to have your niche. You don't, you're only doing it. And it's like, of course, like I was just listening to um, Bruce Lipton's talk on his book on the belief of bio biology of belief or whatever. And it's like, it is the same thing as Newtonian versus quantum physics. Like we're not just one thing. Mm -hmm. We're just not. And there's like this repossession coming around of like, you know, some people might only have one thing, but like the whole idea is we're not all the same people. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's been coming up so much. They were not the same. Right. And may, it's mm -hmm. totally fine if you are on that one track and like, this is it. This is what I do. But it's also fine if I'm like, I like to do a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And then it keeps it fresh for me might not work for somebody else and when we can come to really understand that it 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 makes it so much more beautiful i think experiencing life um so part of the stuff that i've been doing um in this program that i'm in part of the step is finding expanders and i feel Ooh. that this whole book is a book of expanders, right? Because an expander is someone that we can look at to say, okay, I'm doing this. They're doing the same thing I'm doing and they're yeah. kicking butt, right? So why am I not, right? So then we pay attention to what they're doing. And literally this is a book of people doing it, that expanding, like get the book and you're going to be inspired by these stories because you're going to say there's really not much difference from that person and that story and me and my story, right? Might be popsicles, might be something else, but it's the same. And it's like if we, when we can find those people that are doing what we want to do, not to emulate them, but to be like them, they're like, I can do it they did it why can't i and it gives us that courage so like that's one of the things i'm really excited about reading the whole book and really getting like yeah like these are people doing it and we need that in life right we're not to be like what was me why why not me no celebrate the people that are doing it and that's going to make us realize in our mind in our subconscious mind that we can expand and do be have whatever we want um, if you can't see the video, I am smiling so big because that is the whole point of the story. Like the visual, when we so um, to catch people up until they read the book, Joe is actually the reason the rebirth podcast. So the book became the book started as a podcast, and Joe was the reason that there was a podcast. I was in postpartum, and he's like, I think you'd be really good at it because you were doing the thirty day live, and you were like, I had this thing, like all these things pieced together, which is. Oh, which is what the book does too, right? Like mm -hmm. it shows you like the, the little stepping stones. And when I thought about like his intention so important, I thought for the podcast, I thought, well, the podcast or a book is a safe, if you're down, you know, those mediums are safe places to get infusion of positivity because you don't have to have an answer. You can just kind of like, like hydrate yourself on somebody else's um, joy. And so the fact that you see that they're all as expanders makes me so happy because that's actually the intention is that everyone should be able to find one, if not more story that like hits onto something that they're working on. And 
I really believe that when, when we're surrounded by that, it like brings us up to that frequency. Like, and every time we do that, then all of a sudden we like just bump up and now we're there. And someone goes, how did you do it? And you're like, well, do you want to hear the 10,000 things? Cause it might've taken, it might've taken one thing or it might've taken 10,000 really small ones. And I do, I'm really proud of all of, of all of these stories and how um, generous like when I sent out the email, like, hey, guys, I want to use your story for a book. No one asked me any, like, minutiae questions. I got all these emails back of, like, yay, I'm so excited. And I was like, I'm just, this is just sort of carrying itself. And I think that's part of the thing. When you're in the holding pattern for myself, you look at the things that you think aren't happening. But, like, there's these other things that just, like, are pulling you through. And, it, and it's true. You want the people, you know, fake it till you make it is good if you're around people that are raising your coherence, mm -hmm. right? Because you're like, oh, I'm just going to match their frequency. I'm just going to match their can-do attitude. I'm just, until all of a sudden, that's just seeping into my neurology. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I'm doing these rebirths. So it's like my, the book started out like this checks off the bucket list. These people's stories sounds, feels really great. And then it wasn't until like I'm outpouring for others and highlighting them that life was like, okay, Kate, like you get to be on this ride too. And I think that's part of what happens with the expansion, like that we're like, oh, I'm like these other people, I'm like these other people, and then life leans in really close, and it's like, no, they are, you guys are, it's not like. Mm -hmm. it's that's beautiful. So beautiful. Um, and the neat thing, you know, with the brain mm -hmm. and expanders and all of the stories, uh, it, it, it affects our mirror neurons. So our mirror neurons, right? If I yawn, you're going to yawn. Like, right. That's our mirror neurons. So in reading and connecting with the stories or anybody, right? It, mm -hmm. it, we are going to, our neurons in our brain are going to start firing. And as I start thinking of this and like kind of like putting it all together, I started thinking about Think and Grow Rich, which is really interesting because also very early in the book that that book comes up. And yeah. Think and Grow Rich really is the same kind of book. Instead of Neville Goddard telling the stories of like, and he does tell the stories, but it's like he's telling stories of these expanders, right? The the guy that formed Coca-Cola, right? How did it happen? Like where where mm -hmm. was he at the right moment in time to buy that little formula to make it happen? And it's like being in the right place, setting intentions, knowing I've, I've really been on this kick because I think it's so important, knowing what we want. Or at oh, least kind of playing mm -hmm. with the idea of knowing what we mm -hmm. want, giving ourselves mm -hmm. the freedom that it can change. And then it's like, oh, right. We, instead of limiting ourselves, being like, oh, no, I couldn't do this because of something someone may have said to me when I was a small child. It's mm -hmm. like, but Susie did it. And I just read her story. And why can't I? Because if I'm really connecting and getting out of our way, but it, it is, it's ready. It's work. It's work, that uncovering of mm -hmm. those things that might be getting in our way. It's work. And I think with some of the people I've been talking to recently, there's this like idea that if there it's like if you take what you really want, if you allow that dream, somehow you're hurting or taking from someone else. Mm -hmm. It's like deeply embedded in a lot of people who are in service for creativity. And and so it's like like holding that shattered piece until it's like it realizes it's just not true and so if you hear these other stories about people and you're like wait they're just doing wait it worked out and they're just doing more good so with the good that they did more good happened mm -hmm. it it breaks that story right uh, that we, that's the thing we got to break it and i've been noticing like just everything is the same 
There's all of these practices, but everything's the same, right? Neville Goddard has a practice called revisioning. And it's you revise, right? You revise the events of the day. Revise something that happened in your childhood. Tell the story the way you wanted it to go, right? Because mm. our brain doesn't know what's real or make believe. And then there's other, you know, schools of thought that just call revisioning something else, right? Like unblocking or uncovering, but it's like going back and then retelling the story. And if if we can just actually instead of allowing the triggers to really trigger us right to be like but instead take a breath and say well why did that trigger me like sit down and breathe go into a meditation literally say why did that bother me so much where did that come from and we might realize that maybe it came from six years old and that teacher said something and it's now you know it's like when we start doing the uncovering, we start opening up the doors to allow these stories, right, that are in the book to come into our life, that we can start creating those things. Because I bet you every story in the book, somebody had some uncovering, unblocking, yes. revisioning, and, and expanding that they needed to do. Mm-hmm. That they were The stories were chosen so they weren't all the same either. Mm-hmm. Meaning like it's not like this everyone had it easier everyone had it hard or everyone it was about business like it was purposeful to show you the spectrum and then you know one of the commonalities is like you leave space for grace like if you want to know what the the trick (laughs) the hack is the hack is that you get out of the way that's the hack so it's very easy or it's very simple but it's not necessarily easy. And to your point about the stories, like recently, it doesn't matter what I said, but I recently said something to my son and I was like, he was, he was not doing what I wanted <laughs> in an environment that he needed to be listening to me. And something came out of my mouth and I was like, uh, I don't even believe in that. And I took, I do not always do this. So I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but in that moment, I was like, where did that come from? And my brain gave me a conversation from when I was in college with my mother and I thought, is that just what we are? Do we, until we do that, is that literally what it, I was, I was at the pool. I was like having this moment, like in this suburban pool of like, it, my brain has just revealed what we're doing. Okay. And so it's like, I think that's the work that you keep work. Like, that's not the first time I was trying to unravel something. Mm-hmm. You keep working, working, working. And all of a sudden you grease this pathway for the answer to come. And it's like, Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. The brain's like, okay, great. We didn't want to do that either. So now that you know, we don't have to do that anymore. Yep, exactly. Because we, we, yeah, we've changed the program. They've changed the paradigm, but we have to do that. I, I literally, I just had that a very similar experience in doing this this practice. It's like go back to your earliest childhood memory, and no lie, for about two weeks, I was like, I can't remember uh saying. I remember kicking the kindergarten none the first day of kindergarten because I didn't want to go I kicked her in the shin and I ran back up the street to my house but outside of that and for like two weeks Kate I was just like I I don't even know if I had a childhood and then recently now I'm sitting down and this in this morning's meditation I was like in the in the memory like in my house, seeing what was happening. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like we have to actually give ourselves permission to even go yeah. into the space. Because sometimes, now I'm going to say the word trauma. And I don't like it, not like a 
But yeah. they're traumatic things and mm -hmm. everyone's trauma is different, right? So it's like w what might be this little thing of just saying like, hey, dad, can I have a dollar to go get yeah. something, right? That response could be something, right? The money doesn't grow on trees. Yes. You got a job. They're like, shit, I just asked for a dollar for a cupcake, you know? <laughs> but it's such a revelation of the universe because the parent might even that they've been thinking about that. They might have been thinking, like, they're taking you to dinner and they don't want you to have a cupcake. So they're just going to say, no, they don't have the dollar. Totally different. I mean, that might not have been mm -hmm. it, but that could have been it. You know what I mean? And that moment, it lands with you. And now you have 15 years worth of work to do. Crazy. Right, right. And you, can have a conversation with the parent or the friend or whoever and be like, do you mm -hmm. remember when this happened? And it's something that's so much more like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember that at all. I live this every day. I live it every day. <laughs> like um, for the, for the listeners out there, I'm the youngest of six kids and I have these conversations with my parents and my mom and my mom will be like, Joe, I don't remember. There are six of you. Like uh, how, right. And it's like, so many, and everybody I think it does, like my mom and my dad and my parents, but our parents are being parents, right? Like, I'm sure you know now as a parent, you don't know what is happening. <laughs> you would be surprised. Like you're on it and then like you can see the comment coming like this face and you're like, oh my. Like it's like mm. six ten at night. You've been on it all day. You know what I mean? Like, like there's some days where like all you've done is like to the best of your ability, have this create this great day. And then if you start to tank and the and it's like, I'm watching this unfurl and it's lovely and not to be able to see it happening. And then it makes you like, well, I, I could say to myself, well, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And it's like, you can't be perfect a hundred percent of the day. And like, what it, it makes me wonder like, what is this existence? And when they say like a really common phrase I'll hear from, friends that are um, proponents of Waldorf is like, well, your child chose his incarnation. So they chose the parent. Then I think of that, I'm like, okay, like there's certain things I'm really careful not to do. Like my child is very strong willed and it's like, he's here for a reason. And I've started that with him. Like we started at night being like, I'm abundant. I'm here for a reason. And the first time I said to him, I'm here for a reason, he was like, I'm here for a reason. I was like, oh, that just, yeah, like, something like met me in that moment. And, you know, if you're listening, just in case your parents like, no, that is not even what's happening. Like 5% of our time that is, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. but I'm realizing if you concede it right under seven, if you concede it, then the accidents and the not great and the imperfection, because he's growing you too. And I'm not trying to get this to go into a parenting thing, but it, it, it is very in my face right now, how this belief that we're, and we've talked about this before, like you come back to remember who you are. So it would kind of make sense you to incarnate with the things that would trigger you because that is what's gonna force you to the bigger perspective. And it's very humbling because in the mind, it sounds very beautiful to make this beautiful remembrance. <laughs> <laughs> but to actually do it is a very, can be a very gnarly and ultimately gratifying, but it's, it's like you often say, it's hard work. It is, but it's well worth it. Well worth oh, it yeah. when we can pull that layer in and step into this like new reality, this new paradigm of like, wow, I was carrying that. And now like I, I dropped that backpack. And now I'm good. I'm good to go, right? And I don't well, yeah. have to carry. Yeah. Otherwise, the you're just 
you're otherwise you're just climbing with the weight. If you're doing the work, at least you're climbing the weight that it will eventually fall away. If you're not paying any attention to it, you're just going to carry that backpack and put 10 more on it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you, I don't think you get out of the work. I just think you delay it. I don't, that's what, I, that's what my belief structure is now. You're just delaying it this lifetime or the next. You're not getting out of it. Right. You're definitely not. You're not getting out of it. And like the show, the stories will keep showing up. And it's interesting because you may be listening and saying, but what is the work? What is the work? The work is going to be different for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. like there, there really is no five step process to like do X, Y, and Z because it's going to be different for everyone. The, the best thing I could say is maybe mm-hmm. just start breathing and journaling, right? If you want to start exploring your, your work or doing your work, anything you can think of that might be an easy way, not an easy way, but something, a way that people can start exploring some kind of something. Yes. I agree with what you said, because the breath will bring you to the present moment. So that neurologically and consciously will help you. And then this is going to sound so cheesy, especially coming from me, but being um, kinder and more forgiving with yourself, mm. because once you see what you're, it's like, we, we ha- we're living in a culture that has a really f- like fancy weight system of right, wrong, blame, and like who should pay and this and all that kind of stuff. And it ultimately that weight falls back on you, but then it makes it really hard to go into the deeper locked emotions because the body's like, you aren't going to handle what else you have to go through if, if you don't have any compassion for yourself. And so I've been like working at that. And that is actually probably the hard, I guess that's not the easiest part. And that might be the hardest part. So the easier part would probably be, and I'm not just saying this because of the book, the cheat that I would do is intake other people's ideas that put my brain where I want it to be. So instead of a Netflix that actually does nothing for me, I'm better off reading a little bit of inspiration or listening to a podcast, which I do regularly to, 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 to better the odds that my thoughts will go where I want them to go. I think that's a really easy way to do it. I love that. That's, that's, that's great advice. Um, So before we wrap up, and I know this is going to be a really hard question, um, but it doesn't have to be. I'm going to make it not hard. Is there one story in the book that stands out or a little, or maybe even to make it easier, one little, like a little teaser of a story that, that you are just tickled with? That's a great question. And I want to say you, because you're in the, you're on the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to, excluding me, because we all I'm know gonna, mine's really good. <laughs> yours is really good. And you have through the whole thing, you know? And I'll tell, this isn't answering my question, but this is addressing you. What I've heard about your chapter, which I love because of, I'm just going to say intuition placed those chapters. Mm-hmm. Logically, those would not have happened. But when people read your chapter, which ends the book, um, they're like, well, Joe's chapter makes me feel like I can do it too. Which I think is like, just, it just, it almost makes me well up because I'm like, there's so many unseen things happening with that happened that way. Like there's just, we could go into a thousand steps, but the, I think for the reader, it's the popsicle chapter. But for me, the chapter that surprised me was David Newman. And I, you, there's very few men that have been, um, interviewed on the podcast because mm-hmm. I just had a lot of females in mind. <laughs> and 
And when I pulled his chapter, and if David listens to this, I was sort of surprised. I'm going to be completely honest. I knew it was the right one. My intellect told me because of the work he does with mantra, it would make sense. But it wasn't until I had to rewrite the chapter after I was told that I was not in the book. And I'm like, what am I getting? Like, and all of a sudden I started to write the story of how my, so David Newman is somebody, in my opinion, right, with all that matters, doesn't matter if he sees this, is like when life asks him to pivot, he pivots and it seems sort of effortless and he just seems like make these like big leaps. Like that's sort of one of the flavors I would attune to him. And I started to write about how his opening chapter, I started to write about how my dog came into my life in comparison that I'm not someone that these easy things happen to. But as I went into the chapter, a memory came up and you're part of this memory. I remembered Friday nights at Yoga on Main where the kirtan would be and how at that point in my life, I remember wearing these long swishing, I was totally into the new age spiritual situation. So I had all the malas and the long skirt to go to the kirtan. And I was like, you know, had the right essential oils and I'm probably feeling kind of better than everybody walking past the bars back home where I was your neighbor Mm -hmm. and like joyful. And then all of a sudden it was like 28 year old Kate knew. And I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't disjointed at all. Like I didn't not know. And it was like the bravery that she laid down that would take like 15 years later for me to catch up to her. So as well as she was innocent, not knowing what she was doing, singing those words that she didn't know, she was the one who let Mm. so it's it's really cool when you've come out of a holding phase and you've judged yourself and then life says no 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 no, that's not what was happening and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna show you that that's not what was happening yeah it's interesting how that happens and one Mm -hmm. of the things that i am so grateful for is that we've kind of been you know traveling this path right like it's great friends having these experiences right like i remember going to those those kirtans and also being like why am i here but feeling like i need to be here and not until many many years later realizing the things that i learned in that time that's helping me be who i am today yes and it's so i I, i'm very grateful to have been walking this path with you and watching you grow, you know, from sitting on the porch on Kingsley street, right. Drinking beers and smoking the cigarettes. And we're like, all right, let's go yeah. to yoga now. Um, yeah. literally, cause we would, <laughs> we would, we would smoke a cigarette and then the, all right, we're going to go to Kundalini now. And let's smoke a cigarette. We should get a beer before we head up the hill back to the house. Uh, and that's just, and not that there's anything wrong with that for everybody that is no, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, don't judge yourself because I, and that's another thing I'm grateful for because I don't think you and I really were like, what if somebody sees us doing this? We, we, did, not, we did not care. We did not care. We was like, what's up? Or like, literally walk out of the yoga studio and light up a cigarette and be like, all right, that was a great class. What's up? Now? Yeah. Oh, I had this amazing visit in my meditation. <laughs> let's go get tacos like it all was welcome it was all welcome 
And I think I, I totally agree with you. And it's amazing to be in tandem on this path. And right before this call, I was thinking about, I saw somebody writing about like, you know, what is your legacy? And I was like thinking about that question. So don't really exactly have an answer. You have an inkling, but I don't have an answer. And what came to me was like, you know what? Some of us are here on a mission. And I think when you look back on your life and you see these steps that you've taken and you don't know why, I'm not saying mission to be fancy, but it's like, it makes more sense that there has been something that's been, if you let it and you all have it, if you let it, it'll, it'll put you in places that hopefully you live long enough to look back and start to see how the, that design was lined up, but you just couldn't see it. And I think there is something into that, that kid that was smoking a cigarette and going to yoga because there was no shame. There wasn't all this concept of what that meant to do that. You just did all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we lived mm -hmm. and it was beautiful and it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And it still is. This was so fun. Thank hey. you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. And thank you for writing your first of many books. I, I look forward to reading the whole thing. Um, where, uh, where can people find you and get your book and all of the things? Yes. Well, thank you for helping the book manifest, right? By just being who you are and seeing the potential of a podcast that I didn't know I would enjoy so much. And so the Rebirth Podcast is one place if you like hearing my thoughts, you can go to katebrenton.com and you can get the book Rebirth on Amazon. So you just click right on Amazon and there you have it. And it'll be an ebook or by the time this is out, print form as well. So, awesome. Thank you so much. So exciting. Thank you, Kate. I love you. Congratulations. And everybody go, go give Kate a follow and uh, stay tuned for our next interview.